Do not underestimate the women in this tower. Each of them has her own goal, her own agenda, her own pride and ambition. As powerful as you are, these women have spent decades honing their strengths, masking their weaknesses. And when news spreads of your presence here, which it will, you'll be expected to become a novice immediately. And if you're not careful, those tower politics will eat you alive. That is a really good one. Okay. And she said it beautifully. She did. Too. Okay. So yeah. I have two ideas. I don't know if I'm even close. I'm thinking the new series on Amazon, Wheel of Time, or Motherhood Fort Salem, which is on Freeform. Ryan, what do you think? Could this possibly be from a little old video board game? <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. I should have used that. No, actually, Rob, you got it with Wheel of Time. Yes, Wheel of Time. Okay, so yeah. I've only seen the first episode, but mm-hmm. I know that it deals with a lot of these chosen children who was supposed to be oh. like a part of this like prophecy thing and this sort of higher witch like brings them all together or something like that. That's kind of what I got the vibe from from the first episode. Who was it that you were quoting? That is Moraine, Moraine. Damadred. Yeah. That is the, well, I mean, technically she's an Aes Sedai, but I would consider her a witch. Okay. Um, yeah, my husband loved the book series since he was a kid, and he got me to read the entire thing, which took a very, very long time. Um, <laughs> but I grew to love it as well, and we're excited to be watching the show. Awesome. Now, and, I thought I'd share one. and I knew it hadn't been used because it's brand new. Exactly. So uh, with that being said, how many episodes have you watched so far? That's amazing. I'm up to date. Oh, you're up to date, and was it a good series? Yeah. I yeah I like it. It's changed quite a bit from the books, but you know I I expect that. You know I think the fan community is pretty divided on whether they're happy with it or not. But I'm happy with it so far. Awesome, awesome. That's good. Well, oh, and there's a tie-in to this episode, which I will get to. Oh right, look at that. Done her research. (laughs) I am impressed. All right, well that lovely voice you're hearing is one of our patrons in the attic we are talking with melanie welcome to the show she is uh guest starring in this entire episode and i believe that she's never done our charmy spotlight question so this is our opportunity to get to know melanie before we get to our episode first of all i want to say welcome and thank you so much for contributing and pledging to the podcast Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Of course, of course. She's been such a wonderful Charmy, and she totally caught up the show. And we were discussing this off camera so quickly. And, I mean, she binged the show, so she's been amazing. Yeah. She's been so – she contributed so much, comments. We love it. Yeah. So thank you. Definitely. So for the first question, is your favorite sister – So my favorite sister for years has been Piper. Um, That said, all the other ones, I've never disliked any of the sisters, obviously. I'm a huge fan. Um, But they've all grown on me more and more. I think every rewatch, I kind of get to know them a little better and understand them a little better. And um, I think lately, I'm rewatching with my daughter right now. So we are on a season, we just finished season two. And Prue has really grown on me a lot more, especially as I get older. Awesome. So I love her as well. Awesome. And I actually, I got to meet Holly once. 
Oh, nice. Oh, my God. I love this. And how was she uh, in yeah, person? It was, she was very nice. I was so nervous. I had so many things I wanted to say to her, but I was too nervous. I just – um, my my kid was like two years old at the time, so uh, they were with me. And I got to the front, and um, all I could really say to her was, Piper was my favorite. And uh, then my, my kid was like running off a little bit, and her dad was right there. Um, so I just kind of let them run off and Holly was like, do you, do you need to go after her? Cause she didn't see my husband. So I was like, oh no, no, she's fine. So I think that Holly thinks I was like the worst parent ever. Cause I was like, no, I'm meeting you. My two year old can just run off. And get lost. So that was my experience meeting her. Oh yeah. But she was very nice. You don't get that much time. And then just like the nerves just overwhelm you. And you're like, I yeah. want to say the best thing that'll leave a mark. And yeah, so I totally get it. <laughs> Uh, How about your favorite episode or one of your favorite if you aren't able to pick just one? Yeah, that was hard. It was so hard to narrow down. Um, I ended up going with Hell Hath No Fury. Um, Piper's grief was just so palpable. And that's when the sisters really kind of got to know each other. You know, they had just met Paige in the season premiere. Um, So this is when they were really getting to know each other and just, you know, when Paige was giving Piper that permission to just let out her rage and her grief, um, it makes me cry every time. And then the end scene when Mm -hmm. Piper brings Paige muffins at work and calls herself her sister is really sweet. Um, I just thought that one was very well written and well acted. And um, I think Phoebe and Cole also were kind of at their prime at that point. So that was fun as well. But I will say runners up, Something Wicca This Way Comes, because it's just like, it gives you those feelings yeah. of charmed beginning. Definitely. Um, and then Pardon My Past, and oh. The Eyes Have It. Oh, look at that. Yeah. yeah, Ryan likes that one a lot. That's awesome. Very cool. All right, and how about Charmed, and how it affected or maybe even changed your life if if it did? Okay, this I'm probably going to be embarrassed by revealing all this. So it first came out, I was a sophomore in high school. I was really excited. I was very into Wicca and like every 90s kid, I had uh, seen the craft and loved the craft. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was excited to see Charmed. Started watching it, you know, you know how it is when you're a teenager and we didn't have Netflix or Peacock or whatever where you could watch it whenever you want. Um, so I missed a lot of episodes. And then when I was in college, they had it on every single morning. (laughs) So I would like get up, do Pilates and then put on Charmed while I got ready for school. And I never really had like a female, like a good older female role model in my life. So like the Charmed ones kind of became that because they were just a little bit older than I was, which in some ways was great. They're so motivated and competent and confident and all, all that. But, um, I also dress a little bit like a hoe going to college sometimes because <laughs> I was dressing like Prue and Phoebe. Uh, yeah. So there was a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I've just watched the show so many times at this point. It's like an old friend, you know. I just I find something new every time. It's cheesy, but I love it. I just love it. So that is awesome. That's how it's affected me. Yeah. And uh, last question. How did you discover Brunch with the Hollowells? So I really love, like rewatch podcasts. I found that's like my niche for podcasts. So I hadn't seen a charmed one and I was like, that's what I need to do next. So during the pandemic, I searched a few, I read some synopses and like, you know, some reviews and this one just caught my eye. I liked the whole concept. It looked good. So 
I started listening and I ended up binging the whole thing during the pandemic and I loved it. And obviously I'm still a big fan. So awesome. Really I love that. There. I love y'all. Do you see how word of mouth works, folks? This is why mm-hmm. you go out there and you tell everyone about the great things you hear on podcast because somebody's going to see your words and then just try it out. So and the reviews, right? Yes, the reviews matter. Exactly. <laughs> so yes, definitely go out and review your favorite podcast. If you discovered a new one over the pandemic or in these last few months, let them know how good it is. And yeah, word of mouth works. Oh yeah. So well thank you for joining the show. And uh yeah, why don't we get to it? Now you've chosen to appear on this particular recap. Tell us why you like show ghouls a lot to be on this I one. like yeah I like all the um like any of the time travel episodes or past life episodes um you know I I love the the costumes they do for these as well like some of the costumes they do for you know when a sister becomes a creature or something some of those are are not as amazing <laughs> as these but the the ones that take place in like historical periods I just love I think they're really fun and I love Drake Billy Zane is amazing um, it's just a really fun episode. Very good. Very good. So, Ryan, what did you think about Show Ghouls? Oh, it's always one of my favorites of season seven. It's always on the top. If I think of season seven, I think of the the Drake, Billy Zane stretch of the episodes. I blank out the avatars a little. And I love this episode. So I think can't ask for a better episode to have a guest on it. I think it's a special episode. I think it really stands out in this season. So, Well, this episode definitely catapults uh, Phoebe and Drake's relationship. I mean, he is clearly sending out tons of signals and being like, we're in a romantic thing. Like, this is happening. Embrace it. Enjoy it. And she is sort of like leaning into it as the episode goes on. But yeah, I mean, this is a fun episode, I think. And I have a little bit more about like ma- the making of it uh, a little later, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of extras in this, a lot of action sequences, a lot of special effects in this one. So uh, yeah, I think this one will be fun to talk about. But let's go through our um, our our list here. What about that play of the week? What was that moment in the episode that just stood out to you, Melanie? We'll start with you. You know, I didn't even think about this question in advance. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I forget it each week, Melanie, so don't you worry. Every yeah. time you hear me going, I'm like, oh, yes. Let me think of what just happened. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me say when Count Roger took over Drake's body. That was that was pretty smart. That was pretty smart. He was stuck in that loop for like over 100 years, and that's how he got out. So it was a good try. Yeah, that actually is my pick, too. I, I, I love a good villain who has a great plan. And mm-hmm. I just thought that he caught on to them real quickly and then had an answer for it and managed to get out. He just didn't think what he was going to do afterwards. But uh, yeah, that was also my play as well. My play, and this sounds a little shallow now, it's just Drake being Drake. It's all good. I mean, literally everything he did in this episode is like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, play of the week. Drake. All right. No, <laughs> sounds good. All right. Now it's time to reveal an MVP. Ryan, did you 
pick an MVP this week? This I actually remembered. I was extra on my game this week. So Piper for figuring out and asking um, Drake, who turned out to not be Drake a little later, and then Phoebe as well. Oh, sorry. My cat just ran up. Um, (laughs) So I thought that was so – I say thank you, Piper, for realizing so quickly and not having to go through this whole thing of – why are you acting like that, Phoebe? Like, yeah. <laughs> so Drake, thank you, Piper. Drake was a total <laughs> douche, and he's like, no, no, no. I'll, I'll think about it. Let me go outside first. I'm like, no, no, no. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Let me think about yeah. it. Um, hmm, MVP. I, I kind of want to give it to. Um, I think I want to give it to Phoebe this week. I think she held her own with this, uh, given that she, you know, finally got to kind of go back into the past again. And even when Drake left her, she was able to figure out how to get back into her own body. You know, she was quick on her toes. I actually like, and of course, the hinting and like plugging in those like hints, like we know who you are, Count. We know what you're doing here. Oh, we're just dying to meet him. Like she just had all of this like confidence going in. So I, I think I'm going to give it to Phoebe for MVP. The male fan dance or something. She said, yeah. do the males ever do it? <laughs> now the question is, did you add anyone to your hot man meter? It's raining I did. Ooh. I mean, look, I'm still on on season, well, I'm about to start season three with my child. So I am not up to date on the show and my season seven hot man meter yet, but I don't really care who else is on it. Billy Zane <laughs> is up there. Um, and for the first time, I kind of think maybe Count Roger behind the mustache. He's kind of cute. So, okay. Behind the stash. We're definitely going to get into that when Count Roger is, uh, is mentioned in the scene. Ryan, did you add anybody? I was tempted behind the mustache as well, but then I said no because I could only see Drake. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so I agree. I did pass on the men in this episode. I did not any add anybody, but we will talk about Count Roger as we get into the episode. So we're doing season seven, episode fifteen, Show Ghouls. This originally aired February twentieth, two thousand five. This was written by Rob Wright, Deborah. J. Fisher and Erica Messer, directed by Mel Damsky. And uh, this guest stars David Anders as Count Roger, Rebecca Balding back as Elise Rothman, Charlie Robinson as Mike George and Count Roger, <laughs> um, Lisa Arturo as Cameron, and of course, Billy, Dr- uh, Billy Zane back as Drake Demone and Count Roger for like five minutes. Uh, The synopsis is, while trying to help the lost souls of hundreds of victims who died in a catastrophic fire at a cabaret, Phoebe and Drake transport themselves back to the night of fire and are stuck in the year 1899. A security guard, Mike, has gone crazy (laughs) and is desperately seeking help from a non-existent fire. The police arrest him, and Daryl goes to the Charmed Ones. Daryl and Paige visit Mike in the hospital. He calls himself George and tells Paige that that there's a fire at the cabaret Fantome? Fantome, Fantome, yeah. You know how I pronounce (laughs) it. They 
<laughs> they conclude that Mike is possessed. <laughs> like they said, Mike's gone crazy. That scene, that opening, it just takes you because not only is that transition from the music to that focusing on him with the gun and then just that whole scene, everybody. I don't know how everyone else feels about it, but it's a it makes me chuckle a little. <laughs> so I actually looked up what phantom means because I had the um like the closed captioning on and I saw it looked kind of like phantom. So I was like, is that some cheesy like Demone, you know? So I looked it up. It's actually French for spirit, usually of a dead person, which I thought was kind of cool. That's nice. Yeah. That was amazing that you looked that up. Thank you for that. (laughs) No, that's pretty nice. I nerded out. (laughs) Yeah. When it first opened, it it showed um, Paige's early scene, right? Where she was doing the little tour. Yes. So I don't, like I said, I'm not as up to date on this season yet, but I do want to just point, just say that I really love that hair color on her. That's my absolute favorite page hair color. When I was in college, I dyed my hair that color. Because I, love <laughs> I agree. Paige, I love her with this whole look this season, especially in this episode. I have to say, I don't know if it was the HD, but all the ladies looked extra beautiful. I they don't know. Did. They did. Was it high? Is it even more high def? Did they go out all out for this episode? <laughs> like I don't know. So beautiful, um, but just two pizza related comments. <laughs> so I love that Leo says they gave us a big send off dinner, and it turned out to be pizza. But <laughs> why? I mean, I get it. It was supposed to be the Leaning Tower. But why did they have like about thirty plates stacked up? You know, it was I like saw sisters that too. and Leo. Yes, so- <laughs> I wrote that down too. <laughs> too funny. Yeah, um, the synopsis unfortunately did not talk about Paige giving the tour in the beginning. What I really liked about that scene because it gave off this like old school sitcom vibe where it would just be this intro prologue scene that has nothing to do with the episode, but just something funny to be like, oh, look what they're doing. And then they go into the credits and then go into the episode. So I thought that was fun. And again, they just allowed Billy Zane to just be zany and, you know, teach this crazy class where he's <laughs> using i guess jazz as as a way to oh. yeah i just i just like that beginning i thought that was fun uh the other thing that i wrote down was <laughs> so mike he's all over the place trying to get help but yet he has a gun literally in his hand waving it around <laughs> like do you think people are really going to be helping you with the gun i mean he was literally beating on that woman's car window with a gun in his hand help me help me I the same thing. yeah I- but after a hundred years of being in this fire he probably just lost it. yeah i mean he yeah. was really desperate he had no idea that he was probably even going to possess that body or I think maybe he did. I don't know if it was planned. It seemed that the psychic sent him there even without him being in on it. It was just a way for him to send out a message, you know, but I just thought that was funny. (laughs) And then when he was tied to the bed, it gave me very Nancy downs vibes from the crowd. Yes. Yes. Yes, That's all that I was thinking of when that was happening. And he played that so well. I thought he did such a fantastic job. Um, just having to access that emotion and when tied down too, and still just, I mean, his face showed it. I actually looked him up also because I thought the actor was so good. 
Um, and he apparently he's been in like 126 things since 1945. Wow. He just he passed away this year, unfortunately. Yeah. But oh. he was in like a lot. He was in Fresh Prince, Home Improvement, House, Cold Keys, How I Met Your Mother, Thirty Rock, like Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy, oh like yeah. everything. He was in so much. So I thought he was awesome. Yeah, he. I love. Yeah, he's stuff. been in a lot. I was gonna say Ryan. He's from your show. Because he was our bailiff back in the 80s, Night Court. Oh, oh that's oh. right. That's right. Yeah, that was a big one. You didn't remember that? that- <laughs> oh, my God. It just hit me that that's That him. is him. When you said yep. that, oh, my God. I just I just can't get over the, the whole the calling thing, the possession. Oh, wow. Night Court. Okay. Yep. Now I know. Mike, George. <laughs> <laughs> so one other thing from this scene before we move on to the next, we also see that uh, Piper and Leo are planning to take a vacation, but uh, Leo is, is very um, like skeptic on, on leaving with this hovering, you know, elders thing. What are they going to do to him? So he didn't really feel comfortable just leaving and leaving chaos behind. Mm. But the only thing that I got from this was when they were positioning themselves to orb, the way that they were just like standing there, that whole family dynamic looked a lot better than that photo. They tried to take at Sears. I was like, this is a better family photo right here. The way that they were like together, but also God, wouldn't you just love to have the privilege that Piper does when she's just like, Oh, for God's sakes, Leo, we'll just orb there. We don't have to worry about travel. It's all free. And I'm just like, Oh, I would love to just. Right. use that more often you would think they'd be traveling every weekend all over the world you never really see that exactly like colin phoebe shimmering well i mean if we really want to have that paris if we really want to have that conversation it could be personal gain but i guess this you know piper don't care (laughs) but leo isn't a witch so yeah exactly (laughs) all right oh you're good i love the facts that you brought and (laughs) this is amazing you're right you're bringing the facts Paige, Phoebe, and Drake research at Magic School. Paige finds a newspaper article, and Drake finds a book with information on lost souls. He tells the sisters that lost souls are those that died violently together, and that bad souls can hold the good ones back. The three go to the site of the cabaret. Drake says a spell. Free our souls from their shells, see where the lost spirits dwell, long enough to find their pain, quick enough to return again. And he and Phoebe find themselves in the cabaret. I'm sorry. Some of this is a little bit no, no, like, no. shallow. Honestly, this is no. Say whatever you want. This is, yeah. Okay. Phoebe's boobs. <laughs> like, am I right? Yeah. Even and I, I watched a couple times. My husband was there at one point. He was like, "Wow, the boobs." And I'm like, "I know." I literally wrote it as a note because um, they were out. They were very out. This I is why say, I was even at home for me, in I don't. I, I could see what your husband was looking because I was even. <laughs> How Phoebe? Wow. I know. Is it the shirt or? It was the shirt, I think. It was very, very, there was a lot of cleavage. Very look up. Um, Daryl was, Daryl was prior to that. Was that with the first scene? More? Well, regardless, he looked really good. Yes, he did. Daryl looked great, Yeah, he, right? he was at the hospital. I think he went with uh, Phoebe to. Yeah, yeah so that was Phoebe, earlier. Yeah. Okay. Drake. Okay. I loved Drake in this scene. Um, when he said, how does an interview weigh in against the fate of an innocent? He was absolutely right. I feel like Drake is all of us there. Like that's what we're all thinking when Phoebe or one of the sisters is like, Oh, but I have this interview. And we're like, come on, we don't want to watch you do an interview. We want to watch you go back to 1999. 
Um, he's just so excited to go on an adventure. And I think that sometimes that's lost in the show where they're so miserable about it and you want to see them have a little fun with it. Um, that's kind of, I think it's one of the coolest parts of being a witch. Um, and I know Phoebe's been through a lot of trauma, so I know why she's kind of over it at this point, but as a viewer, it's nice to see her enjoy it and to see Drake bring that out in her. So Drake, when he describes the 1890s as the Gilded Age, it's like, it's so evocative. Um, I feel like when we think about the past, especially that era that's so long ago, it just all kind of melds together. And I never really thought about the 1890s being distinct, but the way he makes you think about it, it just seems it's right after, I think it was right at the end of the wild west. So I can see where he's coming from, where everything is, is like technologically advanced and everybody thinks it's like the peak of society. Um, I never thought of it in those terms made me more interested in that time period. As he was researching about the lost souls, he pulled out a book that said possessions, confessions, and ghostly obsessions. Uh, Drake's volumes on the spirits and cursed objects. Tell me that this book exists somewhere. Well, in the box of shadows, the now defunct box of shadows, the monthly subscription box, they actually had this as a journal. Oh, that is awesome. So it looked just like it. And everybody... Just in case, if if anyone is interested out there, it's $20 on their website. Like, you don't have to get it in the box. They have, like, extras from the boxes, I guess. So it's a really nice journal, too. So if anyone wants to have a Drake book, but it's blank. So write a story that Drake might have come up with. You know, Buffy (laughs) would would have all of these, like, unofficial sort of guidebooks and indexes for their demons and stuff. And I... I'm sure Charmed has something like that too, but wouldn't you have loved like a full length like book like what he was reading? That that would have just been awesome, even if it's just yeah. a picture book. I don't care. <laughs> but of all Drake, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh yes. So um, before we get to the next scene, they do appear in 1899, and we kind of get to see the whole set and the vibe and everything that's kind of going on. And so I wanted to read it at this particular point so according to co-executive producer jim conway this was the most expensive episode of the series due to the wardrobe and the fire at the club which i think makes complete sense that this is very expensive so um and they had to specifically create this set in order to do it. I mean, what detail just to have like a portion of this episode and especially if they're not really going to use it again. I mean, I can't really think of an episode where they would have, but I mean, that's, you know, they love their reusing their sets. (laughs) I think that, I think that's really cool dedication. Um, The other thing that I also found fun was just again, Drake just being really goofy before they were going to read the spell. He like jumps in the back seat and just does it all like goofy. Like, and Phoebe's just eating it up. I mean, she, he's just fun, you know, and, and just makes her smile. I just love his antics with there. But also when they went to 1899, Phoebe, I thought looked very, very stunning in that dress. I just thought she looked great. I mean, it's not like she doesn't always, but I particularly liked how she looked in this outfit so i yeah she looked pretty nice it's red just like melanie's favorite one of her favorite episodes part of my past she looked great in that too with red so Mm -hmm. yeah something about the past with phoebe and red gorgeous 
how they fall down after they say the spell. They, Alyssa and Billy Zane, or Drake and Phoebe, they both <laughs> go down like perfectly at the same time. And the way that they captured it, I was just, I just was really impressed by that. And then I wrote a really stupid thing. I just wrote, Billy Zane has beautiful hands. <laughs> Funny. Hey, this is the time to do it at brunch, right? So. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it must be something must be getting to me, my drink. <laughs> <laughs> so the owner of the cabaret is Count Roger, who notices Phoebe and Drake. He is aware of the full situation. The souls will innocently relive the fire, but only he knows about this situation. He thinks that Phoebe and Drake might be his way to escape, and so he meets with Phoebe and Drake after a conversation. Several explosions rock the club, and all exits slam shut. I think the idea of that, just visually watching those doors shut, was was not like I, I was I was kind of freaked out. I mean, just to be in that situation and you don't even know like how this is happening, why they're being locked in, and just the way that they're just scratching to escape. It yeah, that was, it was scary. that was kind of scary moment there. Yeah. I don't want to not to interrupt, but did anyone else get Titanic vibes with that? Almost like with the lower deck. I remember how they sealed them off. I mean, not because of Billy Zane and the whole time period thing. But I mean it's remember still how fits. they wouldn't let the 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 lower level like get through yeah. and they like lock them down horrifying i got carry vibes with this scene oh well or that yeah right that too <laughs> yeah uh so the count calmly sits while everyone else tries to tries in vain to escape and notices phoebe and drake fading out phoebe and drake return to their bodies phoebe and drake and daryl go to mike and ask him about the count Mike, apparently possessed by George, tells them that the Count signs some paper every time the night of the fire repeats. Phoebe and Drake suspect it's a pact with a demon. So what I have from here, so we're getting a little bit of the exposition with this because Phoebe is asking Drake how all of this works and, oh, my God, they're in a time loop. And he explains, well, I feel that this situation is very similar to her possession or her psychic link to the gentleman from the ghost town. So if anybody knows how all of this works, yes. it would be her. But she sounded oh, wow. she sounded like she really had no idea how all of this works. So I don't know if it's shenanigans, but did you guys kind of catch that? Yeah, it was it was pretty obvious exposition, but I try to just let that. Oh, you know, of course we do. Yeah, it not a big deal though that she. But you're right. Wanted, she you're was right. playing dumb just because she wanted Drake to be, you know, like shine Maybe. almost like. Oh, is that how it works, Drake? <laughs> I love that's that's a good like in universe explanation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we do meet Count Roger in and in, in this scene, and I just want to point out. So this is played by David Anders, who is a wonderful, wonderful, great TV actor, um, mostly famous from Vampire Diaries and Once Upon a Time. Uh, I think he is super, super hot, but it's the mustache in this episode. I can't put him bad. on the list, but <laughs> without the mustache, he is gorgeous. And I particularly favor him on uh, Vampire Diaries. I really like his character on there, but he's been in everything. So uh, David Anders, yay. Welcome. <laughs> Uh, we also, in this scene, which is not in the synopsis, Paige has to handle Elise. So Elise just drops by, and she has to <laughs> figure out how to get them out of the house. But 
I'm really surprised that Elise has never had a breakdown or a heart attack dealing with Phoebe. I mean, she just looks stressed out every single time she has to deal with her absence and just having everything just to the last minute. But wouldn't you? I mean, that woman has seen everything happen at that office with Phoebe. I can't even imagine. <laughs> and she sees her in that chair. I laugh so hard when she's like, is that Phoebe's just sitting in the chair knocked I have a note for later for when Paige is like in front of the camera as Phoebe that's like Elise must think that Phoebe's on drugs. I mean she can't not, right? She's slumped in a chair. She's acting weird. Ben, she's always acting weird in a different way. Explanation. Yeah. <laughs> like this explains it. This that's explains what I would think it. if I had to deal with her as her oh, boss. Totally. Yes. Definitely. There's something going on here. Right. Let's see. So uh, Drake was, he was so disappointed about missing the fan dance. That was really cute. The actor for the count. Yeah. What was his name? David Anders. He was great. Um, I loved his, his little line. The show must go on. Mm -hmm. And when they came back, Phoebe um, saying that this is more important than cause than her interview with Cosmo. I really liked that because Phoebe does get that bad rap as being self-centered so much in the later seasons. And that moment she really did put the innocence first and not stress over her job as much and let it go. I was wondering though, why they don't use Paige's glamoring power more often in the show. It's such an easy thing to do because all you need to do is use another actor. So it's not even a difficult effect really. If let's say if they had the actor, I've always thought that too. It's almost like the, writers forget that she has that power and it like will randomly just pop up they're like oh wait she can do this right so she could be leo you know she could be somebody else that's already in the budget so yeah no i I hear you i mean it is a part of their white lighter ability so you would think they would use it a lot more but uh yeah too bad we didn't get to see it as often you guys had commented um on the library, I forgot the librarian's name. Um, Donovan. Miss Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. Miss Donovan. Donovan. How she's learning how to astral project, and how like Prue's powers aren't special anymore. Why didn't they work on learning all of these active powers as exactly. the charmed ones? I would think that they would need to know all the powers they could. And I feel like so many of them in later seasons are things that can be learned, but they all seem to be Prue's. Yes. Right. They're all Prue's. Yes. None of the nobody can just learn how to see the future or blow things up or freeze. It's always Prue's powers. Telekinesis and astral projection is just like everywhere. Now, is this to kind of fill in sort of that gap of like, oh, you know, this is what Prue can do. Let's have somebody else in the episode ever so often, like be able to do what she can do. I Maybe think it's a, a little jab. nod to it, we, it takes her. It takes her. It takes her. I always feel like it. It cheapens her impact. It, like yes, when they yes. do that. So, because you're right, Melanie. Why didn't Phoebe then? I have no active power, but wait, I could just learn to astral project whenever right. I want to. It makes no sense. Yeah, and she worked so that. hard to learn how to fight. So you know she has it in her, you know? So that made me wonder. So, I mean, really, it's just a little inconsistency. And they changed the whole vibe of the series over time. So I don't really let it bother me. But, you know, looking at that and hearing what you guys were saying on that last week, I was like, you know, it made me think about it when I was thinking about why they don't use Paige's power more often. It's an interesting take. I like that. Um, And then I was wondering also how many time loops – are there that go unnoticed because the guy who's possessed isn't friends with a friend of the charmed ones? <laughs> How many of them are there just going on oh right my now? God. <laughs> they just think they're random, like people that are just 
lost their mind in the streets and they're possessed. Right, and they're possessed. <gasps> That's horrifying thoughts. But, you know, maybe you – know, I'm just thinking about it. Maybe it's it's like – fate that they tend to come across them and that we maybe hope. the elders put them in the way of the charmed ones. Yeah, it's you know? always hinted that the elders or the powers that be always have some kind of way of making sure they run into their path. It's their time right. to solve this, so let's just give them a nudge. Yeah. How do you think Paige got Drake and Phoebe into the manor by herself? Did she orb? She orb. I did gotcha. think about this because I'm like, how does she get these men, these two in the house, <laughs> and especially in those positions in the conservatory? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. She can orb. I'm sure she just orbed them. <laughs> I have to give it up to that gypsy being blasted into the wall. You know they were proud of it too when the WDB put it in the trailer, right? <laughs> you know, so they're like, that was the shot of the moment. Her going flying into the wall and didn't Leo look adorable when he came back from Italy with his little ascot? I don't know, Italian ascot on or whatever. I just love when they came back from Italy and they had that that whole family, like you said, the the picture they never got. They had their two props. Uh, what yes. was it? Piper's hat yes. and then the little give Piper that, give Leo <laughs> yes. that. They were in Italy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The fire, though. Oh, my God. The fire was really amazing. It was well done. I didn't know it was the most expensive episode, but it definitely tracks. Um, I actually, like two weeks ago, I just happened to buy fire ladders for our upper floor. And after seeing this episode, I'm so glad. (laughs) Because (laughs) that's terrifying, right? That's a great idea. Yeah, they were on sale. Somebody posted in a group on Facebook. And I was like, all right, I've been meaning to do this for, for years. So I finally got them. And I'm very glad. Yeah. Oh, and uh, one thing I did want to mention, actually, I just saw another note. Um, somebody, I didn't write write down who said this, but um, somebody said you can go back in. Oh, George, as Mike said, you can go back in without being burned. Um, most people who die in fires die of smoke inhalation rather than burning, which is probably a blessing. But um, maybe because it was a, a magical event. Yeah. Maybe that's why. Yeah. We see George again. Well, Mike, again, as George, saying, save Marie, save me, save me. But then, obviously, we find out later that that was Count Roger this time. He did that very effectively. And it made me wonder if the writers kind of, I don't know, if they put that in later. You know, because how did he know exactly what to say? Like, exactly the same things that George was saying. I hear you. I hear you. Smart. I hear you. That, That could be a possibility. You know, I... I don't know how easy it was for the gypsy to just kind of send anybody back. I mean, but it just seemed very eased with him. And and in fact, the way that he also just kind of came back too, you know, and just pretended that nothing happened. But uh, yeah, I kind of see your point on that. It was almost like that Anton thing when, again, part of my past with the, um, the little girl who is now in the nursing home, but it was yes. really Anton. Yeah. Let's say they were giving a call back, right? Yeah, and he knew what to say about the dolly, I think, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah. how do they know these? It's exa- exactly. How do they know these things? Back in the manor, Leo is writing a page in the Book of Shadows to his sons on how to be a white lighter. Piper comes in and reassures him he will be fine when the elders punish him, and he will be able to teach them himself. Piper then asks if Leo found anything in the book. Leo turns to the page and reveals he's found a demon named Sargon. Correct. Oh, ding, ding, ding. It could possibly be the reason for the fires since he makes packs and can be found 
in bordellos, bars, and the like. Sargon, in the Book of Shadows, is one of the few diabolical traders of souls who thrives off the prolonged suffering of spirits. He preys on the afterlife, especially those paying wages of sin. He may be, fi- he may be found in bordellos, bars, nightclubs, and the like. <laughs> and the most susceptible by light of day. Piper is not at all glad because she and Phoebe and Prue had already vanquished him five years ago. I wrote down that I don't think Sargon was vanquished on screen. Right? No. Just something they put yeah. in right. This is the um, second time so- they've done that. They've mentioned vanquishing someone um, without it being on screen a while the ago. The nip or something? The well, that too, the- but I think there was another demon before like in the last few episodes where they also said the same thing like we've already you know done this but yes it was off screen yeah so um that just made me curious i wonder what other things we haven't seen um and then i figured out that was sometime in season two i they vanquished him with prue yeah i Um, i saw that it was between give me a sign and murphy's luck and it was either oh, okay. Piper or Prue. We don't know which one of them did it, but it was one of those two because Phoebe doesn't know what Sargon looks like. So then where oh, okay. was Phoebe? Oh, it's one of those episodes like, yeah. where was the third sister? Right. Was she out? Yeah. So they didn't need the power of three, apparently. Nope. Yeah. Well, um, I was wondering why why they didn't use the demon um from Paige's lawyer episode where she wanted, where the lawyer died, that he sold souls. So I was like, Oh, maybe they could use that. Um, But I do, I do like that they connect vanquish. Cause sometimes when they're going through the book, you're like, Oh, this guy did it. And he's still, you know, this one, Leo was a pacifist because he's like so quick to hold up his hand. He is. No, I did notice that. And you know, Piper stopped him and whatnot, but yes, I, I totally agree. It was great to see him as just like the very chill, you know, uh, pacifist, yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that about Leo. So, I am glad, and and it is season two, so I am glad it's a Prue throwback again. If it was the last season, I got to say that once every episode. <laughs> I wish they had said like, "Oh, we vanquished him with Prue" or something. Yes, you know? just exactly. Give us just a little, just a, a Prue right there, just a Prue. <laughs> right, <laughs> just mention her. It's been a while. <laughs> Meanwhile, Paige is at the Bay Mirror and glamored into Phoebe doing the interview for her. Now, this is what I love about this because Paige should already know how to act like, you know, um, well, I shouldn't say Paige. Rose McGowan knows how to act like Paige pretending to be Phoebe. So we're just kind of like back into when they switch bodies and she's pulling that. What do you mean with the deep voice yeah. when she did that? Like- <laughs> I was going to just say, Alyssa does that usually, that baby voice when she becomes Exactly. So I was glad she didn't do that, though. I was like, no, please, not the baby voice. (laughs) So Paige's answers uh, make it sound like Paige was the whole reason behind Phoebe taking the job at the Bay Mirror. (laughs) In the manner, Phoebe and Drake have joined Piper and Leo. Piper informs Phoebe that they are already vanquished. That they already vanquished the demon that they are after. And Phoebe and Drake decide to go back to the cabaret, hoping to catch the demon there while the pact is being made. But they find the Count waiting for them, and he reveals that the demon was long gone by by that point, and reveals that George um, was possessed 
like George possessed was the count himself. And he shoots Drake as uh, just as the explosions begin and escapes into Drake's body. Phoebe uses a fortune teller's book to find an incantation and return to her body, which is how George and the Count possessed Mike. And I believe the words was Vita Brevis Abraxas. And that's how she goes back. Abraxas. I know, right? <laughs> My husband noticed that because we watched that Look one at not that. long just ago. Remember, I love remembering that. Remembering those keywords. Oh, I wrote that Phoebe laid the tarot cards wrong. Oh, she did? <laughs> so, yeah, I used to read tarot. So, I like, you're supposed to, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just a different method. So, I could be wrong. I'm sure somebody can correct me. Um, but I always learned that you put down the middle card, then the one under it, and then you go kind of um, counter. No, that's not counter. That is clockwise. You go clockwise okay. to finish what? it. And she did, like, the middle and then the right. And then, I don't know. So, but it worked. Yeah. So I guess it didn't matter. I think I read something like you had to position the cards in the form of a box or something. Um, is, is that sort of the, the general way of how tarot's are put down is in um, a box form? Well, there are, I mean, there are different methods and there are different ways you can lay them out, but the way she was laying them out, it looked really similar to the Celtic cross, which looks like yes. she did like the right, um, they were in the right places, but when she put them down, she kind of did it in the wrong order, according to how I, I learned. So okay. Gotcha. I noticed that. But again, there could be other methods to doing it. And really at the end of the day, you know, everything is invented by somebody, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, again, I think that her idea of using this spell to get back into her body, it just seemed all hope was gone. And how was she going to get back? And this it was a great way to put that in because, you know, they've already established how somebody got into a body before. So it's not like they just like thought of, about it out of thin air. This was already something yeah. existing. So it was great to kind of go back. Yeah. Thank God. Right. Yeah. yeah it wasn't was, just another one of those. Point. Oh, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but that was good on, on Drake's part actually. Um, because he's the one who thought of it initially where he said, Oh, well, um, did, wasn't he the one who said, wasn't she talking to a fortune teller or yeah. George? Yes. Had been? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was good thinking on his part because Phoebe was panicking. I mean, I would be too, but uh, she was panicking a little bit. And once he said that, she knew exactly what to do. Yeah. I, I just want to say, cause I know we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I, I think that um, Count Roger in Drake's body was so obvious. Like, I'm glad Piper yeah. recognized the signs and was like, who are you? And I'm like, I would know 100% that that was not the real Drake. Like, so I'm yeah, glad that she didn't make it. Yeah. I, I, right. I guess. Who says that? <laughs> I, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that that was um, pointed out. Uh, so, yeah, I just love that. Again, you're, just what you said, Rob, that Piper is like, count Rosé or Rosé, Rosé, Rosé. <laughs> Did anyone notice it? Speaking of the family photo from earlier, that was the backdrop from the studio from a few weeks ago. So they saved money on that on that episode. I was like, I know that. That's not the cloud backdrop. That was that Leo blurred avatar backdrop that Phoebe, was, <laughs> Phoebe Page was in front nice of. Nice catch. Wasn't it odd? I mean, I know it was a setup shot, but the fact that Phoebe uh, Page glamored right in front of the Bay Mirror, like walking in the door, like, yeah. I would have just came as Phoebe already. Like, why? They had to show us. It's visual. I, I thought yeah. of that too. It's for yeah. us. It's visual. But yeah, no, I totally yeah. get it. <laughs> to make sure we really knew. And that's why yeah. she also looks up at the picture and goes, you're welcome, sis, or whatever she yeah. said. Hi, sis. To make sure everyone knows what happened. <laughs> 
Phoebe woke up and this surprised Piper. To make sure she was Phoebe, she asked what her middle name was, which Phoebe jokingly answered, Surly. Phoebe, Piper, and Leo find the Count at the site of the cabaret. Phoebe throws a potion and evicts him from Drake's body. He is dragged into hell. All the lost souls escape, including Drake's. Phoebe and Drake share a lighthearted romantic moment. Mike comes to his senses. I wrote down, oh, when they went to vanquish him, there were all these people and cars around, the people walking their dog, and he's like tripping over things and almost getting hit by a car, and then all of a sudden nobody's there and they vanquish him. <laughs> Either that or there's another episode that we just aren't, that was never filmed, where they uh, were caught and uh, dealt with that again. So, um, And then poor Mike. Because Mike is now back to himself, right? And so he just yes. thinks he had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Um, right. I feel like the magical community should have a fund for like therapy for their innocence. <laughs> yes. So many. I mean, if anything, when you're holding in the oh secret God, of magic existing, you know, you would think there would be some kind of support group or somewhere where people the can fairies. go. And, the fairies and just, will bring uh, the wreaths again from yeah. when they did the troll episode. That's your thank you. You get this this on your But head. if anything, <laughs> to just keep eyes on them. You know, you want them all in the same place and keep your eye on them to make sure they don't slip up and like say anything. I mean, there are like a couple of children who, you know, God, you know who I always wanted? This is so random. You know who I always wanted to follow up on was the little boy whose sight was stolen by the Grimlocks and him oh, just growing oh up. I would God, have yes. loved, because he's actually not like an unknown actor. Like he played in a lot of things and big titles. I would have loved to have just circled back and been like, what is this kid up to today? You know, and how his life yeah. was affected by being kidnapped, let alone you know, discovering magic and all. So, um, oh, what about the to... Prue kid? I know with, with Max, yeah. Him yes, too yes. in season one. I would have loved that he's a witch too. We could have had that. Oh, him going to magic school. Yeah, there were a lot of kids that they exactly. promised to keep, in, I and I, they probably kept in touch. You know, all Where's screen. Jenny? She just disappeared. <laughs> well, we don't care about that. As much <laughs> no, Bye, Jenny. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, and then I said, oh, I loved how Phoebe uh, got into the adventure. I really, I wish Drake could have stayed on the show. I know, you know, Billy Zane wasn't going to stay on the show forever, um, but I just loved him for Phoebe. I loved the life that he breathes into the show. Um, I really wish he could have been endgame for Phoebe. Yes, I think that he, yes. above, and look, I, I loved Cole. I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with him, but I loved him. But um, mm -hmm. Drake, I think, is really... The one. Um, Amen. And then I said, I hope Phoebe did a fan dance for Drake after all was said and done. He deserves it. <laughs> on the Blu-ray. Um, on the Blu-ray. Right, right. <laughs> Piper and Leo. Oh, just, I just love that. This episode was not focused on them, but I love their relationship. They're like in my top five, top five favorite couples. Um, probably number two. I think they're my, my second favorite TV couple of all time. Nice. Well, to kind of touch on what you were saying, you know, I wish that this show was taken more seriously. I think that Billy Zane would have definitely been nominated for best guest star on a yeah. on a on a TV show because he really just elevated a lot of what his short time was and made a huge impact in the Sisters Live as well as just viewing it just you know we were in sort of a, a slump in despair you know with the avatars and all that stuff and he just brought so much life to it but he was having fun yes. and yeah i think he would have totally got nominated 
And I do enjoy that Piper and Leo were a great team today and and just yes. working together. I just thought they worked well. And I think I may have read something. I don't know if this is true, but apparently this is the first time that both of them have worn their rings. I saw that too. And oh, yeah. um, since, since all that, yes, yeah, since or five or something. Oh, wow. So, you know, they're really starting to get back into, the, you know, we're a family thing. Maybe it was six. So Surly, that was a joke, right? Like that's not her actual middle name. Okay, no, I didn't think so. Means unf- no, that means unfriendly, like nasty, like you're bad temp, you're nasty. Yeah, like, like cranky and sassy. Yeah. Sassy, I love it. But yes. that's why I love her. Yes. Because, you know, she's so, she's sweet and kind and all these things, but she's got that sass. And yes. I think that makes her so real. I mean, like in real life, you don't want your friend to be perfect, right? I feel like she's so much more of a fun friend just by her little, uh, because of her little snark and sass moment. Well, hint. And that she grew into it too. Yeah. Right? From yeah. what she came into. So mm-hmm. good. Well, hint, hint, Ryan. Piper's name in Showgirls, her middle name is Surly. <laughs> oh, oh god okay. remember when he remember okay <laughs> he's like i warned you it's a good one uh so when the count was being dragged to hell oh. did this sequence look familiar to any one of you yes what do you no, what did what, what it make you think of Every time, ghosts. Thank you. It looked exactly like ghosts. <laughs> they were dragging him to hell. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so the way that. that they were dragging people down, it was these shadowy demons that just kind of came around and was like t- tackling him and then eventually just dragged him mm. into oblivion. Yeah, very reminiscent of ghosts for sure. The only thing I want to add is that when Drake took Phoebe down in that adorable way, like, oh, you're right. End game. End game. Mm-hmm. Why weren't they? Yeah. He could have came back. <laughs> I wish he had. I wish they would have tried to save him. He did so much good. He exactly. na- and, you know, oh, that was another thing you guys were talking about last week about how, like, you, you know, how could a demon, you know, have that humanity? And, but I kind of loved it because he was just, it sounded like he was kind of like a, a nerdy reclusive kid who just liked to read. And I think, you know, I love how the show always gives people like a choice between good and evil. And obviously demons are going to be predisposed to evil and humans to good. But if he spent all his time reading about humans, I feel like anyone would have a curiosity and want to feel feelings and be a part of humanity. So I think that's like, I really love him for that, that he was technically evil, but then he really did good things and he never did anything terrible. So I think the elders should have let him remain human. Um, I know why they didn't, obviously, yeah. but well, oh, but Kyle like got to be a white light. <laughs> well, I mean, right. right after he tried to like kill, Paige, right? So I don't understand. Well, I mean, I, I guess the fact that he's never killed anyone before—it's usually when you initiate that first kill—is when you are like permanently into that. Right. sort of like zone you lose your humanity things like that so maybe that could be a factor into it why it was possible for this particular demon to have feelings and emotion and kind of like revert back to the good side he's just yeah. never killed anyone i just but then it just makes me think of like how he was brought up was he born demon did you know was this demon created he was hatched yeah right? was that yeah. Like, right. was that a figure of speech yeah. i don't know <laughs> At P3, Piper and Leo decide that they will stop worrying about what consequences may await Leo in the future and will live for the moment. 
And so Paige arrives and Phoebe thanks her for doing the interview in her place. Drake sings on stage, much to to the delight of everyone. Yeah, I really just had two things. That's actually where my Piper and Leo comment was supposed to be, but that, that's fine. Totally good. Um, I put down that Phoebe looked so gorgeous and classy in her little black dress and her hair back at the end. I love that look for her. Um, Ben Drake at the end. Oh my God. Top of my list. He's just like his charisma, his presence. Mm -hmm. It was just everything. Um, He's so sexy. Like how could Phoebe ever move on? Recover. After Drake, you know, I mean, (laughs) never mind Cole. How could she move on after her two weeks with Drake? I know she's very lucky. Oh my gosh. Right. She She really is. All these. (laughs) Yeah. And then, oh, and that little snap when the light bulb went off, I thought was really cute. I like that touch. From the cinematographer or whoever. Jealous, though. She's like, I'm the only one who gets to sing these like slow songs <laughs> at P3. Right. With the lights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, of course, Billy Zane can sing. I mean, what else can he not do? It, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. So the song that he was singing on stage actually is, is a song called Everything's Kind of Good, which is co-written by his sister, actress lisa zane and uh andrew t tuckerman who wrote that so kept it in the family i love the episodes that end at p3 it gives you that old familiar feeling um again like melanie said earlier when you're hanging out with friends it's that it's that wrap up of okay the girls had this adventure now we go to p3 we get a song we get a wrap up they smile you know, we we want that. We like I like to see that. Um, and that they're still going to P3 and having a great time. And just that light bulb effect. I love that at the end. Um, I said in the beginning that I was going to tie in the oh, quotation yes. with Billy Zane. And I forgot to do that. No, go ahead. So, um, you're so good. So Wheel of Time, um, they've been wanting to turn it into a series or something or a movie, something for a long time. Um, but the studio, there was a studio, I don't remember all the details, guys. This is just off the cuff. So I might be a little off on, on some of the details. Um, but the studio that had the rights to it um, was about to lose the rights to it. So they did like a last minute, very last minute, last ditch. Um, what was it? Like the, uh, at the, 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 not the prequel, but like the very beginning. I forgot the word for it. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like the, um, the prologue. Yes, prologue. Prologue, yes. Prologue. Um, they did the prologue. They filmed that. And somebody who's a very big fan played the main character in the prologue, and that was Billy Zane. Oh. So that's a little tie-in. And it, it's terrible. <laughs> it's, I've seen it. You can find it on the internet. It's not good. <laughs> but it wasn't really meant to be good. They weren't doing it in order to actually, like, this wasn't like the real show. It, they yeah. just wanted to keep the, the rights. rights to it. And that was the only way they could do it. So that's the little tie-in. I just didn't want to go by without asking Melanie what your daughter think daughter thinks of Charmed because I love that you're sharing it with the next generation. Yeah, um, they really like it. It took a little bit because I think we started it. We were like eight or nine at the time, so it was maybe they were a little young at the time. Now they're ten, ten and a half. Um, so they're liking it more, and especially as it picks up. And so now there's more. You know, they they liked watching it before, but now it's more. Wait, can we watch another? Like right in a row. <sighs> Um, so yeah, they really like it. They oh, and they love the hot man meter thing. Every time they hear it's raining men, <laughs> they'll like be sing- they'll be two rooms down, and all of a sudden I'll hear them singing it. Um, so yeah, that's really cute. And they oh, 
they wanted me to say that in season, what was it? Season two, I believe with Leo and Dan, that they were a Dan fan at first, Rob. Yay. I'll take it. Yeah. At the end though, they went with Leo because they knew that's where Piper's heart well, was. Of um, but Dan was there top on their I'm, Dan either. is the okay yeah so. no, I, I can, he was I mean we all I feel like yeah, yeah. First, I can go on first stretch I can go on I'm yeah I'm just gonna move on but I'm glad to see <laughs> other Dan fans out there that's awesome yeah <laughs> the next generation of Dan yes. fans too. I love it <laughs> All right, so that will conclude the recap of Show Goals, Season 7, Episode 15. I had a lot of fun with this episode and and talking with it with the both of you. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is an important episode to have. And again, it pushes more of that Phoebe Drake thing and elevates it a little bit more and, and will be very impactful once we get to our next episode on Charmed, which is The Seven Year Itch. <laughs> now oh my god i yeah this is going to be a very interesting episode to recap 150 right? yes this is 150 and a lot of stuff happens in this one so i'm very excited to talk about that um but i did want to read one thing before we close up shop um earlier in a scene uh we see that leo is writing a letter to the boys i actually have that letter and i'm gonna read it for you guys so it says to my sons wyatt and chris here is some information to assist and guide you in the discovery of your newfound powers the apple doesn't fall from fall far from the tree so you'll possess all the powers i have and more good luck when you are ready you'll receive a call from the elders Emotions are tied to your powers. Use them to become stronger. Don't worry. White lighters can speak the language of their charges, whatever it is. Orbing, concentrate, focus, and relax. It'll happen. Always remember your family is just as important as your calling. If you feel out of balance, try meditating. It helps. Know that love is the key to your healing hands. And understand that whatever happens in the future, there is good inside of you. Love, Dad. I love that. It's a nice, yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. I like that. And really realistic, too, that they added the whole part with, well, I got me teary-eyed. The whole part with, like, with even whatever, there's still good, like, meaning in the future, golf a bit, if you still turn evil somehow. Just yeah. Yeah, what? I'm looking at you, Wyatt. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. So we are going to conclude this episode. Melanie, thank you so, so much for guest starring. I loved your input and insight. Thank you so much for having me. Definitely, definitely. I really loved it. <laughs> All right, like a reporter investigator <laughs> the, coming with the facts. I was sitting there like such a nerd with my laptop, type, pausing and typing up all my notes. Oh my that God. is the life of a it podcaster. Was it was really yeah. fun. Love it. I just find myself doing the same thing. I always have to pause and, and like research stuff. And yeah, so I totally 
totally get it. Uh, so anyone out there, if you would like to guest star on the podcast for an episode, or you can uh, come on the show just for the Charmy Spotlight segment, uh, you just join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash BWTH podcast. Check over the tiers, see what you like. And um, if you happen to pick a specific tier, you could be a guest on the show. And it's worth it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you had a good time. And we will definitely have another episode. Ryan and I are going to do our very best to record before Christmas, just so we don't skip another week. Uh, I know we've been put on delay for a couple of times this season, so we don't want to try and do that again. But we're going to push through. You'll get another episode next week. And stay tuned for Charmy Confessions. All right. Blessed be, Charmies. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Sunday, April 10th. What are you doing here? Cole returns to take care of unfinished business in the charmed 150th episode of Bat. You asked for help. Here I am. A very, very bad idea. But this week, it's two full hours of Charmed on the WB's Big Sunday. Charmy Confessions. Okay, so we have a voicemail. A Chinlin once again from the Bingeables podcast has left us a voicemail on the Anchor FM app on her thoughts from last week's episode, I believe. Let's play and see what she has to say. Hey, Robin Ryan, it's Chinlin. So, Showgirls has always been a really interesting and fun episode to rewatch over the years. It's one of the ones I almost always rewatch. Um, and uh, so, my confession is that <laughs> this is going to be hilarious. Uh, I was in, and I'm about to date myself, I was in fifth or sixth grade when I first watched it. Um, on air on the WB and uh, I was so taken away by Billy Zane in his performance as Drake after this specific episode after that ending that performance I went to bed and I woke up having had my very first sex dream about Drake Damone well Billy Zane as Drake Damone Okay, let me play the next one just in case it continues. <laughs> At the time, I was like, oh my god, did I just have a sex dream? Did I just have my first sex dream about a celebrity? And so, um, I won't get into it. Honestly, there were, it was, my dreams come in blurs. So, all I remembered was being in my bed and, like, rolling over and finding Billy Zane as Drake in my bed and, like, smiling that smile he does as Drake in the show. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a funny, um, confession and it's one of the ones where, uh, I thought I would, I thought y'all would enjoy me sharing it. So there you go. Now that is a charming confession. Now this lives up to my segment jingle. I'm hot right yes, it now. does. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh my goodness. Chinla, I cannot believe you just 
admitted that that is awesome. I love that. And there is no judgment. I'm sure a lot of Not people all. will will agree with you. Ooh. That was so great. <laughs> no judgment at all. <laughs> right? We all want to have that dream. Yes. <laughs> well, I will say this now, and hopefully people don't do the opposite despite me, but I think Drake could be our season seven number one guy. Oh. I think the Charmies may have this in the bag, um, but they will also have to make a decision if they want to include next week's special guest because he is in the season, so they could pick him again. So we'll see. But mm-hmm. And Sanku is, yes. is not so bad himself. I mean, they're really amping right. up. They're making this a lot harder. That was so yeah. great. Thank you, Chenlin, for that. <laughs> Thank you, Chinlin. I'm actually guesting on her and her husband's podcast, The Bingeables, like Rob mentioned, on um, this upcoming week, I believe. Oh, no, excuse me. The the Thursday before Christmas. So, um, and I do mention Charmed a lot. I'm sorry, even though it wasn't a Charmed podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I am not mad at that. <laughs> the only other thing that I have here is when... Um, posting that Carpe Diem came out and I was posting the episode sort of photo about it. We had a comment from Joey Ham from Instagram who said, I just loved Billy's appearance that season. He is just brilliant with a bunch of positive and happy emojis following that. So yeah, I mean, it's clear that he left an impression on a lot oh, of Joey, fans. Yes. Oh yeah. So, Chin, that Chinlin's dream, I think, summed us all up. Uh, that was, I yeah, love it. I think that was so. the last thing that I expected. I thought that was great. <laughs> well, remember, everyone, you can leave us a DM or a message. Uh, you can tweet at us, BWTHpod on Twitter. Uh, you can in- DM us on Instagram, Brunch with the Hollowells, all one word. Or you can leave a voicemail like Chinlin has. Uh, they're each one increment uh, messages. Leave as many as you need to to get your uh, confession across. It's on the Anchor FM app. And maybe we'll have some next week. If you have any thoughts on past episodes, this episode or the one coming up, feel free to let us know.